During the holidays, it's nice to enjoy turkey for Thanksgiving, maybe cookies at Christmas, and all the other good food in between. But then New Year's Day rolls around, and with it comes a reckoning. It's when many of us begin to regret our lack of restraint over the last few weeks and commit to finally dropping a few pounds. Hi, I'm Charles Morris. I've been there. And so today on this episode of the Great Stories Podcast, I'm returning to my conversation with New York Times bestselling author Lisa Turkhurst. Made to Crave is the book she's known by. Yes, we're going to talk about food cravings and healthy eating practices, but the one thing I value most about what Lisa has to say is how she recognizes this as a spiritual issue, not a physical one. In a moment, you'll hear her story of how her own relationships with food changed for the better when she turned her unhealthy cravings and desires to the Lord, not food. Ultimately, this is not about what you should and should not be eating. It's about the idolatry we have surrounding the things we often love a little too much in life. Lisa helps us remember that craving isn't necessarily a bad thing. The challenge is to realize God created us to crave something so much more than what's in the pantry. If you or someone you know is struggling with unhealthy eating practices, this New Year's episode is for you. And so for now, at the start of 2023, let's get started. Welcome to Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris in Southern California, and we're going to the other side of the United States, outside Charlotte, North Carolina. And on the line with us is the head of Proverbs 31 Ministries for the very first time, Lisa Turkhurst. Welcome to this program. Well, thank you, Charles. It's an honor to be with you. We are always interested, especially as a, as a year gets started or maybe you go into the summer, there are a lot of people that are worried about the fact that they've put on weight. And I'm always looking for a book that relates to that, but a book that'll help us lead people to Jesus besides taking off some extra pounds. You've written a book called Made to Crave, Satisfying Your Deepest Desire with God not food. I love the subtitle there. You want to just kind of tell us why the personal interest in writing a book like this? Well, Charles, I have a desire to always get into God's Word and match God's Word to the struggles that I face in my life so that it's not my feelings that are directing me to a better place, but rather the truth of God's Word. And so when I started this adventure of trying to either make peace with my body or really tackle the weight issue that I had, I decided that I would read the Bible from the perspective of someone struggling with food. And I started thinking, I think what I'm going to find is that God loves me just the way I am. And it'll just reassure me that I need to give up on all mm. this diet stuff and and just weigh what I want to, but just be happy and, and move on along and, and stop making this such an issue in my life. And so I started reading the Bible from the perspective of someone who struggled with their weight and who struggled mm-hmm. with food issues. Mm-hmm. And I did discover that God loves me exactly how I am, but I also discovered that He loves me too much to leave me in a place of defeat. And if I was really Mm. honest with myself, I was in a place of utter defeat. I felt like when we would read verses like, you're more than a conqueror, I would think, yeah, except in this area of my life. Wow. 
it was very painful and honestly it was hot, it was it was holding me back from experiencing the fullness of God's victory because I really, it wasn't just that I had an issue with food. It's that I was turning to food and craving food and thinking about food more than I was turning to thinking about and relying on God. Mm. So so food had become the idol in your life to replace the Lord then. Yeah, and I wouldn't have said it that strongly. Like, I, that wouldn't have come out of my mouth. But sure. honestly, the statement that you just made, that's absolutely true. Because here's the thing. Like sometimes in a moment that's really, really hard, like you go through something really difficult today. Well, God can seem kind of far away and French fries are very close. And so, <laughs> you know, I, I can zip through a drive through and get French fries that will comfort me. But yes. what would happen, it would be such temporary comfort because food can can go in my mouth, but it can only reach my stomach. It can never fill up the emptiness in my soul. Mm. But boy, did I sure try. I tried mm. to get French fries and other comfort food to go all the way into those deep places of my soul. And when I started reading the Bible from the perspective of someone struggling with food, what I soon discovered is that food has been a tool that the enemy has used to distract God's people for a really long time. I mean, right in the beginning of Genesis, what was the prop that Satan used to lure Eve into having a conversation with him? It was it was fruit that was hanging on a tree. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. suddenly it was like, wow, and all these stories started to emerge that I started to really understand when we get into a physical place that we feel utterly defeated because we are mind, body, and spirit, The if we're defeated in the physical, it can often have symptoms in the spiritual, and that was certainly my case. Mm. You, you've got a chapter in your book, Made to Crave, that talks about how we can be defined by the numbers we see on the scale each morning. I get on the scales every day. I keep a little log, but then you say you're defined by what the Lord says about you, a daughter of the king, instead of one defined by your past. Do you mind just sharing a little more with me about some of your testimony and and your life story about how the Lord just broke through with his grace? Yes. Well, the thing for me, and I, I know when you stand on the scale each day, I'm not sure if you look at those numbers and hear a whole dialogue besides just the numbers. I'm not sure if that ever happens to you, Charles. (laughs) Uh, I I think it happens about every day, and I'm having to remember, why did I go up one pound over the day before? Yeah, it can be critical in my life. Early in the morning, get up before I read my Bible. I get on those scales while the the coffee's uh, getting ready. Yeah, and so for me, when I would step on the scale and I would see a number, it wasn't just the physical weight of my body. You see, I just started... I really started to determine my worth as a woman by Mm. the numbers on the scale. Mm. And it was affecting me in such deep ways that like it wasn't the scale to me wasn't just a tool. It was a it was a declaration. Like it was declaring something over my identity. It wasn't just measuring my weight. And it became such an incredible struggle because I really started to determine my worth by the numbers on the scale. The scale Mm -hmm. gave me good numbers. Then, you know, I was a victorious 
person. But if the scale started revealing secrets that I, you know, the scale doesn't lie, like, and it doesn't care that, you know, well, I ate those 10 brownies in secret. So you need to keep our secret, Mr. Scale, right? But, But the scale just simply tells the truth. And it tells the truth only though of the physical number that the that our body weighs but i was letting it not just tell the truth of my physical weight i was letting it speak truth to my soul and if the mm. numbers weren't good then suddenly i felt like the numbers were telling me the scale was telling me that i'm not good and it just got me into a vicious vicious cycle of self defeat mm. lisa I speak from experience, having had a weight problem much of my adult life, 30 on when I started sitting more for a living and and less being out there as a reporter, gathering stories as a secular journalist. You have a story with somebody who's read your book that you could share with us? I remember a story with one of my sons. Now, my son doesn't struggle with weight, but he struggles with extreme learning disabilities. And I, uh, we adopted my son from Africa when he was 13 years old. And so he was so discouraged when he got here at the age of 13, he had to be in kindergarten. And he was mm-hmm. just really, he, he felt so beat down by that reality. And he used to pray when I would tuck him into bed, I would, I would, I would say, Mark, what do you want to pray, sweetie? And he would say, Mom, I'm praying that God would move the mountain of knowledge into my head. So when I Mm. wake up tomorrow morning, that I'll have all the knowledge I need to catch up and go to school with kids my age. And, and so I would sit there and I would listen to his prayer night after night after night. And I remember kind of thinking in my head, you know, I wish that that is the way it worked. Like, I wish that I could go to bed and say, Lord, would you move the mountain of this weight issue off of me so I could wake up in the morning and stand on the scale and suddenly I'll be thinner and lighter and everything. And, and, and then I started wrestling through the verse in the Bible that talks about, you know, the Lord says you can look at this mountain and say, move to, from here to there. And if you have enough faith, the mountain will move. And and I started to really get discouraged because I thought, my son prays this every night, and I've started praying for my own type of mountain to move, and, and I don't see the mountain moving, Lord. Mm-hmm. And then one day, I was watching my son do yard work outside, and there was a huge pile of rocks, and he was having to fill up a wheelbarrow with some rocks and move it over to the driveway that need, we needed to put rocks on the driveway. And suddenly I ran outside and I, I grabbed my son and I said, you know what? I think I've just had a revelation. <laughs> Sometimes God He's so capable. Sometimes God chooses to move the mountains in our life in an instant. But more mm. times than that, not Mark, I think God says, let's develop a relationship as I help you move the mountain one rock at a time. And I said, you know, sweetie, the the struggles that you have with school and the struggles I have with weight, I think the greater miracle here is the relationship we'll gain as God helps us move these mountains in our life one rock at a time. Mm. So I would say to anyone listening who's ever struggled with the weight, I know you can stand there and look at that end goal of, of a healthier weight for you. I know it can feel like an impossible mountain, but God wants you to know with him, all things are possible. And you can look at that word impossible and see impossible, or you can look at that word impossible and see God declaring to you, I am possible. Like you may not be possible, but in relationship with me, I'm possible. And I will help you move this mountain one rock at a time.
If you just joined us, you're listening to Haven Today. Lisa Turkhurst is on with us uh, today. She's the president of Proverbs 31 Ministries, and she's written a delightful as well as insightful book for Christians, particularly women, but men, you can read this too, made to crave, satisfying your deepest desire with God, not food. Lisa, I don't want to give away the book, but do you mind sharing that story with me of the frozen pizza, how you felt afterwards. Maybe it wasn't frozen. Maybe you made it. But then just the humility in sharing this. Do you mind sharing that with us today? Sure. So I had gone to the doctor, and I wasn't feeling very good. And so I went to the doctor, and I was really hoping that he would run some tests and discover that I had an excuse for why my weight was in the place that it was in. Like, tell Mm -hmm. me I have a thyroid problem. Tell me I have (laughs) some kind of issue, you know, that I can just take a pill and that taking a pill will suddenly make me lose weight and feel great. Like that's, that's what I expected the doctor to say. Instead, Mm -hmm. the doctor said, no, your thyroid looks fine. And you know, your weight problem, really, Lisa, you need to eat less and move more. Well, I already knew I needed to eat less and move more. And so I was so frustrated. And then he wrote something across my chart that shocked me. He wrote the word obese. And based on the amount that I weighed and based on my body fat ratio, my lean mass ratio to my body fat, I was in the obese category. And I just could not believe Mm. that he wrote that word on my chart. And it shocked me and it broke my heart. And Mm. But it also just kind of shook me awake. And I thought, you know, I, I'm too young to have the word obese written on my chart. Like, mm-hmm. seriously, I've, I've got kids that I have to raise, and I've got a ministry that I'm called to do. Like, I, I, can't, I can't have obese on my medical chart. So I decided to go to, to a nutritionist, but I was so, I guess, frustrated that why, why does this have to be my issue? Like, why why couldn't i have another issue that that i could just take some medicine and it would solve it like why does what does this have to be my issue all the other women in my family are naturally thin like how did mm-hmm. i get this side of the dna chain you know, like i was just <laughs> i was so frustrated so i before i went to the nutritionist's office just out of spite really i baked a boxed chef boyardee pizza <laughs> and on my way to the nutritionist's office i ate the entire pizza because I knew she was going to boss things out of my life, like no more Chef Briardee boxed pizza. (laughs) And so I ate the entire thing. And then when I pulled into the parking lot and I sat in front of her office, just as one more act of defiance, I picked up the plate and licked the cheap red sauce right off the plate. And then I was like, okay, let's Let's go in here and meet with this nutritionist, and she's going to take all things tasty and good right out of my Mm -hmm. life. And I marched into the nutritionist's office, but honestly, what I carried with me was not just a stomach full of pizza, but it was just this heavy sense of utter defeat. Like, I don't know that I'm ever, ever going to be able to get on top of this, because Mm -hmm. here's the thing. And this is really, Charles, this is why I wrote Made to Crave, because I knew that I wasn't the only person out there. I just didn't know how to find other people who had this struggle like I did, who battled this internal just... I guess this this weight of of defeat in their heart all the time over this issue of food. Mm-hmm. And I had been to 
many different bookstores looking for a resource that would give me a different kind of motivation. You know, I didn't need the typical diet book of here's how to get healthy. Mm-hmm. I knew how you to knew. get healthy. I knew I needed right. to eat less and move more. So I didn't need a how-to book. I needed a want-to book. Like I needed a book that would give me spiritual and emotional motivation to want to make these changes because that that was the burden I was carrying into the nutritionist's office. I knew she was going to tell me things I already knew. I just didn't want to make those changes. And I started just crying out to God, God, help me find a resource. Help me find information that will give me the want to. And the Lord said, Lisa, I already have all that you need tucked into my word. You just need to know how to have access to that. So Mm. guess what? I'm going to call you to write this book. And Mm. I'm actually going to have you be incredibly vulnerable. I'm even going to have you put your weight, which you are so Mm. afraid of anybody seeing. I'm going to have you print it in paper. And it's going to be for the purpose, not to not to blast your problems to the world, but because you're going to be a picture of hope for all the other people out there who know how to get healthy, but they need to find their want to as well. And Mm -hmm. that, Charles, is where Made to Crave was born. I think uh, you've pulled that off by God's grace. Somebody who read your book said that this may possibly be the most important book they had ever read on the matter of weight. And and this person said they'd read a lot. You know, it's true. The world will never be at a loss for authors telling us what foods to eat or what foods to avoid or how to exercise. And yet people today, women as well as men, are more unhealthy than ever. There's something out there missing. And what do you think that is that's missing? Well, I think the the thing that's missing is the want to. Like we know how to get healthy, but we need to discover our want to, that lasting spiritual and emotional motivation that will really carry us through. And I think if we if we want to be carried through to victory, that has to be based and really founded in God's Word. And so that's what I've attempted to do in Made to Crave, is let's really get into God's Word and find the want to. Lisa, you're out speaking a lot, and I'm sure people who've read your book, Made to Crave, come up to you and tell you, what's it What's it like? Any special story you remember from somebody who the Lord has used your book in their life? Well, it's been an incredibly humbling journey because people will come up to me and they'll ask if I will sign their copy of Made to Crave. And it's tear-stained and highlighted and written in and it dog-eared. And, you know, I, there's nothing an author loves than to see one of their books well-used and well-loved. And um, so they hand me their their copy. It could almost look like it's completely falling apart of mm-hmm. Made to Crave. And I can tell that they not only fell in love with the concepts of Made to Crave, but ultimately they really fell in love with Jesus all over again. And then they hand me a picture of what they look like 40 pounds ago, 100 pounds ago. There was one lady that showed me a picture of herself 220 pounds ago. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, I've seen so many 
people who are walking in victory. But it's not just about getting a handle on their weight. It's about getting a handle on the great cravings of their souls and looking in their eyes and seeing hopes that have come alive and dreams that are possible now because they let go of of this burden of being just enslaved by the food and the weight and the choices they didn't think they could ever get on top of. But now they've been set free by the truth of God and, and they have a new relationship with him and a new lease on life. And to me, that is just completely thrilling. Hmm. Tell me, Lisa, how has walking along this path of redirecting your cravings away from food and towards the Lord impacted your relationship with Jesus? Well, it's impacted my relationship with the Lord because I started to see Number one, the depth of of God's great concern for me and with Jesus, how much he wants to have a relationship where I turn to him and say, I'm really struggling right now. Mm -hmm. Like, I really, I'm lonely, I'm upset, I'm frustrated, and what I really want to do is go eat an entire chocolate cake because that that would that would have been my you know my whole mode of operation before so jesus i'm just telling you right now i'm really really struggling and if you could come so close to me right now i i need i need to know that you're right here and this is the beautiful thing that jesus continues to do with me even to this day yes. he never ever he never ever condemns me for wanting to eat a whole plate of brownies or wanting to eat an entire chocolate cake. But he reminds me of his gentle truths. And one of my most favorite truths that he continues to remind me of, it's this beautiful verse from 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. And it says, everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. I will not be mastered by anything. And so I think what continues to happen for me as I developed a relationship with Jesus is I started reading his word as a help and not as a condemnation to me because I've seen over and over and over, he loves me. He loves me whether I eat a whole chocolate cake and a whole plate of brownies, he'll still mm. love me, but he wants Praise the God. best for me. Like he wants the best yes. for me. And so this verse has been such a sweet dialogue that the Lord and I have back and forth. And, and you know, th- it's a good question. Like I walk into my pantry and I see the the whole container of brownies or the whole chocolate cake, and I'm able to say to me, you know what, that's permissible. It's not It's not like I am doing something that today is going to immediately make me keel over and die. Like, I can eat four brownies if I want to. I can eat five brownies if I want to. It's permissible. So everything is permissible for me. But I have to ask myself this question. Is it beneficial? And even more than that, am I being mastered by this food? Like, am I trying to master my emotions with food? Is, is food the thing that I'm turning to before God? And, and is it really beneficial? Like, maybe it's beneficial to have a bite or two of this brownie. Maybe I can even have one brownie, mm-hmm. but I don't need mm-hmm. to have four. I don't need to have five. I don't need brownies to be the thing that I turn to. I need to turn to Jesus. And so that's really what I want for people as they read Made to Crave, I want them to get these, what I call in the book, healthy eating go-to scripts, because it's God's word and it's God's truths. And really, I want you to hear Jesus speaking these truths over you so that at the end of the day, 
no matter what you weigh, you're deepening your relationship with Jesus and you're walking in victory with him. Mm. Lisa, there's a lot of people listening to you talk right now to me, and they're identifying with you so much. Do you mind just leading us in prayer right now? I would love that, Charles. Thank you for asking me. Lord, I pray right now for my brother, for my sister, who they've been struggling in this area of food and their weight, and they do stand on the scale every day, and they feel like instead of it just measuring their physical weight, that somehow it's an indication of their worth. Lord, I pray that you would comfort their heart But as you comfort their heart, Lord, I pray that you would also give them that nudge that they're not alone, that you are right there with them, that you love them exactly how they are, but they don't have to walk this journey alone, that they can get into your word and your word can get into them. And they don't have to be a victim of their choices any longer. They can walk in victory with Jesus, empowered by the truth and reminded of that truth by the Holy Spirit every single day. And Lord, I want to be a friend to them. I want them to be able to read Made to Crave and and let your truth be what changes them. But Lord, I want to be the friend that holds their hand and says, look, trust me. If I can do this, you can do this. So let's do it together. And Lord, I pray that this would be a sweet journey, a sweet journey of victory, not just to a healthier place physically, but to a deeper, more sweet place relationally with you, Lord. That's ultimately what I desire for my friend that's listening. And so, Lord, we thank you. We thank you. It's no mistake. It's no mistake at all that we're listening to this right now. You have arranged all of eternity to make sure that we could get this encouragement on this day for a very specific reason. And I believe because today's the day to draw a line in the sand and walk in victory And we just praise you for that in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Lisa Turkhurst, my sister in Jesus, thank you for writing Made to Crave. It's just been a real joy to have you share with us here on Haven today. Well, it's been an honor. Thank you so much, Charles. And thank you for caring about those of us that need to hear this encouragement. Thanks for joining me on today's episode of Great Stories with Charles Morris at the start of a brand new year. And I also wanted to thank Lisa Turkhurst for joining me to talk about her own journey with faith and food and how she ultimately replaced her earthly cravings with a desire for Christ. Now, if you want to hear more content like this, why don't you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts? And if you enjoyed this episode, please help us get the word out by leaving a five-star review. You can also go to haventoday.org to sign up for our weekly email and discover additional episodes posted on the blog. And as always, thank you for joining me once again on Great Stories with Charles Morris.